This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The latest NFL trades are making it more and more clear. The Chicago Bears won't have a shot at any of the top elite quarterback prospects in the 2021 NFL Draft. So let's turn our attention to some of the other quarterbacks that are a little bit more in Ryan Pace's range. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Bears. You can like Locked on Bears on Facebook or join the Locked on Bears Facebook group. On the show today, we'll be joined by Cole Thompson, who is the host of Locked on Aggies here on the Locked on Podcast Network, specifically the Texas A&M Aggies. He's also a personal friend of mine, someone I've met multiple times in person down at the Senior Bowl, a good dude, a, an NFL draft analyst, and just NFL guy through and through, and he's going to help us break down Kellen Mund from that Texas A&M offense and figure out, is he that day two quarterback that could be the answer in Chicago? But before that, we have to set the stage a little bit here for how the different quarterback draft dynamics are changing as more and more of these big trades go through. The big one on Monday, of course, the New York Jets trading Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a future second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a sixth-round pick, kind of spacing some things out a little bit later in the draft. It's not a bad haul for Sam Darnold, to be honest, and he was a player the Bears were rumored to be interested in. I don't know that the Bears would have been willing to give up a future second-round pick in addition to some of those other picks. I think a lot of Bears fans are left feeling like, all right, that's, that's fine. It wasn't like Darnold went for some steal that the Bears could have had him for a you know for a fifth round pick or whatever and, and gotten that deal done. The Panthers gave up a little bit to get him. They clearly value him and it sounds like they want to make him their starting quarterback over Teddy Bridgewater, which now makes Teddy Bridgewater available. Again, from a financial standpoint, his current contract is not one that the Bears could easily just absorb right now. He still has like two years. 40-ish million dollars left on the deal. His salary cap hit this year is just under $23 million with $10 million still guaranteed on his contract right now. The Bears do not have the salary cap space as it is. It would take a lot of maneuvering to get that done. Otherwise, it's not a terrible deal, but it's more than the Panthers want to pay for him to be potentially their backup quarterback. So whether there's a restructuring there, a pay cut, or just a straight-up release where the Panthers eat some of that dead cap money, that becomes a different conversation about Teddy Bridgewater's availability, but we kind of get the impression that 
you know, the Bears are all in on Andy Dalton right now, and they already have Nick Foles under contract. So this is not about, oh, the Bears should get Teddy Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater is probably better than either Dalton or Foles in terms of guys I would want to put a little bit of faith into, but we're down in a different tier of quarterbacks. But in terms of how this affects the NFL draft, I think that's what's most interesting here. Because we've seen the 49ers trade up to three. They're only going to trade up to three if they're drafting a quarterback. And if they're confident that the quarterback that they want is going to be there at three when they make the deal this early. So we know quarterbacks go number one. Quarterbacks now for sure going number two because the Jets just got rid of their quarterback. So they don't have a starting quarterback on their roster. In some order, it's Trevor Lawrence number one, Zach Wilson number two. Then at number three, all of the Mac Jones talk keeps getting louder and louder. But... We all kind of sit here and say, no, Justin Fields is clearly a better quarterback prospect right now than Mac Jones, clearly capable of doing more, and it's a question of what the 49ers are actually thinking and what's actually going to happen there. But once you sort of take those guys out, the quality of quarterback starts to drop, and the teams up there in that area of the draft, some could still be looking for quarterbacks, some not. You know, the Falcons at four, they could take Matt Ryan's replacement, but likely trying to boost that team to win now a little bit more. You got the Lions at seven, potentially interested in a long-term quarterback option for Jared Goff. And then the Panthers at eight were another one of these teams that like before the Darnold trade, we thought the Panthers were in the market for a quarterback. They've been rumored to want to upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater for a while now. The fact that they go all in now on Sam Darnold, not waiting until draft day, but early April make this decision tells me they're very confident that when they're on the clock at number eight overall, there's not going to be an elite quarterback there that they feel really good about. Otherwise, you might wait till draft day and see what the board's going to look like before you decide, no, screw it, we're going to go with Darnold. They're already confident that, okay, we as the Carolina Panthers are not going to get a quarterback that we like at number eight. It may also signal that they don't feel like they can trade up and get a quarterback that they like. Maybe they only like the top three guys in the draft, and the 49ers moving up to three eliminated that possibility for them. Or maybe they feel like they like Trey Lance, but they don't think Trey Lance is going to get all the way down to eight, and that they don't feel like it's worth trading up to be able to get that guy. Some combination of these moves tell you that the Carolina Panthers are not confident in their ability to get the quarterback that they like in the NFL draft. And so when you combine that with the price tag that the 49ers had to pay just to move up to number three, that to me tells you how difficult it's going to be for the Chicago Bears to get a quarterback. Because if the Panthers don't think the quarterback's going to be there at eight, that means the Bears would have to trade above eight and potentially then into the top five to number four or number five in there to try and get that quarterback. And if the 49ers had to give up multiple future first round picks to go from 12 to three, how much are the Bears going to have to give up to go from 20 to pick your number? Four, five, six. We're talking multiple first round picks, and maybe you start throwing in a starting caliber player or two in there as well. Like it becomes the Russell Wilson trade, but instead of getting a guaranteed Pro Bowl future Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, you're taking a shot on. At best, the fourth quarterback in the draft, and it, it just not, it, it's just not realistic for the Bears to pull the trigger to move up that far to be able to land one of these top quarterbacks because they're either not going to be there 
or it's going to be way too large of a price tag for that much risk on a quarterback prospect that clearly will have more flaws than the Trevor Lawrence's and Zach Wilson's of the world. So that leaves us then looking at the number 20 pick and more likely looking into the second and third rounds at, what is it, 52 in the second round and 83 in the third round for the Bears to start taking a long look at the quarterbacks there, the quarterbacks that aren't going to be week one ready NFL starters and maybe won't have the elite ceilings of some of the guys or maybe have even greater risks and greater bust potential, but you never know, right? We've seen quarterbacks taken later in the draft have success. It's very rare. It's very hard to do, and it's not something you can consistently count on. But we'll start to get a sense of one of the top names, Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, when we're joined by Locked On Aggies host Cole Thompson next on Locked On Bears. All of these early NFL draft trades have been shaking up the different NFL draft prop bets at betonline.ag. We've always had questions about where some of these quarterbacks are going to go, but you can also bet on which receivers are going to be drafted first, which running backs are going to be drafted first. And as we get closer and closer to draft day, the number of different prop bet opportunities are just going to keep getting better and better. In the meantime, you can bet on NBA action. We finally got regular season baseball to bet on, and then there's always golf, hockey, soccer, tennis, and so much more. That's why betonline.ag is the number one place we recommend and the number one place we trust. Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code Locked On to receive your free 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. If you want more analysis and reaction to the Sam Darnold Panthers trade, don't forget to check out Locked on Panthers with their new host, Julian Council. We also have Locked on Jets with John Buchko. And all of the biggest sports topics are broken down every single day in a quick-hitting, wide-ranging sports news podcast, Locked on Today, wherever you listen to podcasts. For us, we're on to NFL draft prospects, and in particular, quarterbacks that could be a little bit more in the Chicago Bears range. And one guy that I think would be an interesting fit in Chicago, one of the more polarizing prospects in this draft, is Kellen Mund from Texas A&M. So joining us now on the Locked On Bears podcast is Cole Thompson. He is the host of Locked On Aggies here on the Locked On Podcast Network, specifically those Texas A&M Aggies. We don't recognize the other Aggies right now, but he, of course, also covers the University of Texas. He covers the Houston Texans. He's kind of an all-around Texas guy in addition to some other NFL analysis he does for a few different outlets. He's a busy, busy man, and I appreciate Cole Thompson making some time for us on the podcast today. Cole, uh, how are you holding up this time of year? How do you balance the excitement with the workload? You know, I, I honestly don't feel it because of it's just to me like a normal day. It's just it, it's really draft weekend is always tough because of you have to look at it through so many different lenses. You have to look at it from a college lens. You have to look at it from an NFL lens and you have to look at it from an evaluation lens that just you personally have. So I always find NFL weekend like draft weekend, like my favorite weekend of the year. And then I really cannot wait for that Sunday where I just go in my room and I turn everything off and I sleep for like. 32 hours because I got to catch up for the last week and a half. 
Well, one of those lenses, well, you've got a few different lenses that we're definitely interested in here, but one of them I want to start with, I think kind of the big focus for us right now is quarterbacks in this NFL draft. And of course, Texas A&M quarterback Kellen Mund, a name that is has a lot of different uh, opinions. He's very kind of up and down depending on who you talk to and who you read and, and all that stuff. So I want to start a little bit more bigger picture here with, with the Texas A&M offense under Jimbo Fisher. What What is Mund asked to do in that offense? What is he not asked to do? And I guess what, what was his supporting cast like? What was everything around him in total? So I think that's always like the biggest question that people always want to know about Kellen Mond because of, this is a guy who was a four-year starter. He worked in both uh, Kevin Sumlin's offense, then moved to a Daryl Dickey system, and then moved to Jimbo Fisher taking over as the main play caller. And every year we were waiting for what's the breakout game? What's the breakout moment? Where is it going to click that he is exactly who we all think he is? And it never came. Now, uh, part of that is based off his own merit, but another part of it is his supporting cast. And I think a lot of people kind of forget that the supporting cast for a college player in the SEC is almost as important as a prospect himself. So with Mond, the one thing that you can notice more so than anything else is the lack of receivers and the connection he had. You know, last season they had... Jamon Osbin there. They had Kendrick uh, Rogers as his big man. They had Courtney Davis and I.S. Smith in the slot. And three players all left. Uh, Osbin opted out at the start of the year. And then after that, you know, the other two go to the NFL draft. They moved Anias Smith from the slot receiver role to the running back role because of nobody could play running back besides Isaiah Spiller. And they lost their vertical threat. And the only guy who really saw action going into the season, which was Caleb Chapman in week three against Florida. So, you didn't have that vertical option deep downfield, which is why his average pass was about 13 yards. Because if most of his receivers were competent number twos, no one really emerged as the number one guy. And he was really good in the red zone with Jalen Weidemeyer, but Weidemeyer was a red zone tight end. That's about as much as they used him. So it was a lot of trusting the run. It was a lot of building off of what we saw last season with Isaiah Spiller and Anias Smith what we saw from Devon A-Chain, pure adrenaline speed, and he had to be the game manager. He just had to make sure drives ended with positive plays, limit the turnovers, keep the clock rolling in their favor. And by the end of the year, A&M actually was the number one third down offense. They converted so consistently on third down. At one point, they were at 75% conversion rates. That's how talented this offense was. But the biggest growth I've noticed from Mon from year two in Jimbo Fisher's system and year three is his ability to allow plays to develop downfield. Last season, we talk a lot about this right now because of it somehow it's just like the biggest thing. How Justin Fields is only a first read quarterback. He's not, but I mean, yeah. we're, we'll just throw that out there. But Kellen Mond was last year. Any single time you watch his film, he would check down to Jamon Osmond. And if Osmond wasn't open, he would bail. He would try to get the first down with his legs because he is a dual threat option quarterback. And he does have pretty decent speed, but he's really good at making defenders miss in the open field. This past season, he allowed plays to develop more. He allowed his receivers to go pull a double move on, his, on a cornerback. He allowed his tight ends to find ways to get open. And he stayed behind the offensive line for as long as possible before electing to bail out. And that's why the offensive line probably is not getting the respect that they deserve. In my opinion, they were better than Alabama's offensive line. They had, they should have been the Joe Moore winners. They allowed four total sacks on the year and two came by Vanderbilt. I, I mean, two came week one, none came the next week against Alabama. So Mond again is one of these players that you look at and I think that he has a shot to be a very talented quarterback, but 
He's got to go to the right system. He's got to be in an area where I think they have good weapons, great protection, and you can't start him right away. I think that we, we, we kind of talk about this all the time, how a quarterback's confidence in year one could decide how they turn out for the remainder of their career. And it's why Josh Rosen fizzled immediately was they didn't give him any protection and they didn't give him any weapons. And he just kind of flustered out in Arizona. You can't do that with a guy like Kellen Mond. So people always ask, where's his range? What, what, like what range will he go? I've heard as high as second. I've heard as low as the fourth round. I don't think it really matters where he goes in the draft. I think it matters where he goes with the team. The team will make him either a successful quarterback or he still will be the anomaly that nobody's able to put kind of a finger on after four years. Yeah, that's what makes Mond so interesting in this draft and why I'm really glad we have you here to help us break it down. And I want to start looking a little bit more at how that projects to the NFL next on Locked On Bears. Kellen Mond is going to need some strong parts around him in the NFL. And I know the best place I go for great parts is rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They've got everything you could possibly need for your vehicle, from engine control modules and parts I've never heard of, to the easy stuff like tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. But don't be intimidated. It's deep, but it's really easy to navigate. You just enter in your car's make and model, and then you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose between the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And those prices are particularly important because some of the bigger chain part stores will have different price tiers for the professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers like us. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, so don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com We've got you covered with all of the Bears top prospects, but if you need even more NFL draft talk, don't forget the Locked On Podcast Network has Locked On NFL Draft with Trevor Sikama and Ben Solak, two excellent analysts you've heard here on this podcast before, and we also have the Draft Dudes podcast from the Draft Network. They break it down in so many different ways, and they make it easy to understand, and these guys do the work. They write the scouting reports. They watch the film. They know what they're talking about. So check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast or the Draft Dudes podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. But we're here with Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies helping us break down Texas A&M quarterback Kellen Mund. And Cole, it's so interesting with him because... He's one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the draft, a four-year starter kind of guy, a lot of snaps under his belt. And typically with these types of quarterbacks, we feel like, well, he is what he is at this point, and he's entrenched, and you're not going to see a drastically different quarterback at the next level. And yet, as we've been talking about, it feels like with Mond, we haven't seen everything fully opened up for him. So I guess, in your opinion, like, what more can Mond be that we haven't seen so far? 
I think that there's a little bit more. I, I think that you, you're talking about a guy who has the ability to maybe have a Dak Prescott-like invergence, in, in where he's probably not the starter week one, he's probably not the starter for most of the season, but in the right system, he is going to be very successful. The one thing that you have to realize is he was very prosperous at making first reads this season and waiting for plays to develop. He had a two to one touchdown to interception ratio in 2019. It jumped up to six to one in 2020. And this was without a lot of different talent. I I mean, he didn't have a receiver go for over 600 yards on the year. So he was just consistently finding a bunch of receivers just just to get open. But again, the throws were also limited. So any team that had a good running system is where he probably wants to go. The one thing I will say about him is his arm strength is actually very good. Now, deep balls of, you know, 30 plus yards downfield, like Russell Wilson, you're not going to see that. His falls are very much, I wouldn't say flat, but what they are is receivers have to stop to catch the ball. He's not leading his receivers in stride deep downfield, but he can throw it very, very well. And we kind of saw that at the pro day, you know, everyone's doing the you know remake of Zach Wilson. He might've had the best, you know, remake of, of parallel universes of what we saw on that type of throw. He can sling it downfield. The problem is that receivers are more than likely either going to have to slow up on their strides, or they're going to have to make a complete stop, go 50, 50 balls, you know, possessional catches, and then make the play that way. So I think that if you go to a system that is going to be high tempo, high, uh, quick RPO, a lot of quick reads. I very much think like a Scott Turner system or even a Joe Brady system in Carolina, something like that, that allows your targets to get open quick. You deliver the strike. They do most of the work and they also have a run game there, or at least a successful pass catching running back that will allow them to do a lot of dump passes. I believe this is where he will thrive in the NFL. So any system that's trying to push the ball deep, probably not the best one. Anyone that's looking for him to be a consistent moving the ball, keep third downs alive. That's where I think he's going to land. So it's, I don't know. It seems like obviously there's a, there's a high floor there, but I guess where, where do you see that ceiling? Because it doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy that, you know, like we talk about this idea of a quarterback that, elevates the level of play of players around him or, you know, needs elevation from, you know, needs that supporting cast, needs that help from everyone else to kind of separate the difference between, you know, like a truly elite quarterback and someone who maybe isn't. And of course, you know, we're talking about the high end of the spectrum, but like, can do you think he can be that plus difference maker at quarterback or, or is is his ceiling in that, you know, that next tier that, you know, like, I don't know, I don't want to put a specific name on it, like Kirk Cousins is not the same style, but that type of quarterback <laughs> where... Kirk Cousins isn't doing it on his own, but he he can get you far if you do really put a really strong supporting cast around him. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a good way to put it. And, I, and a lot of people always do quarterback rankings a little differently. I have my top 10, I have my bottom 10, and then I have my middle tier guys. And then my middle tier, I do probably about 12 to 13 are my upper middle tier. Uh, I, I'd probably say about 19 to 22 is my lower middle tier. And then the rest is just middle tier. You're, you're kind of in that pack. I think the ceiling for him is about the 12th or 13th ranked quarterback. And that's in a system that does have a good running game that has receivers and very similar to what we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo and what we've seen with Jared Goff. Uh, I think Jared Goff might be the perfect analogy for it. Jared Goff won 41 games in Sean McVay's system. And he had a good connection with Brandon Cooks and he had a good connection with, um, uh, with uh, Brandon Cooks, with uh, uh, Robert Cooper Woods, Cuff, with Robert Woods, Brandon, uh, yeah, with, with Gerald Everett. So they had all these connections. 
but he wasn't able to elevate that team to that next level. And then, of course, they'd have the trading down in Detroit, and there's going to be a really good shot that he does not come back the, the same way because of it's not even about Dan Campbell's system. It's about there's nothing there. There's not a receiver there. There's not a good run game there. There's nothing. If you go very similar to what they did in Los Angeles, and they built around Jared Goff, I think the high end he could be is like a Matt Ryan type player. I think that he can be consistent. He can move the ball, but the system has to be working in his favor. He's not going to be a difference maker. That is the reason your team is successful. He's going to be the guy who is talented, but he's only talented because of the supporting cast around him has made him better. And I do think that even though he has shown, I think the most growth of these middle tier quarterbacks, maybe besides Davis Mills out of Stanford, you still don't know what you're getting with him. And that alone is the problem. So you can't go ahead and just be like, okay, we think we have our franchise guy in a guy like Kellen Mott. And, and when you think that, you probably are going to use a second round pick on a guy that you think has a low floor, uh, you know, a higher ceiling and a low floor. And you don't know if that's going to be anything. You don't know how high his ceiling is. And right now it's probably just about the same length as the floor. And you very much are betting on him being in a system that has the pieces there and he can just work with those pieces, which again, it, you know, it does work. But the problem is when it comes time to be, to pay, you're overpaying for a quarterback who I'm not sure is ever going to elevate that team to that next level. So any team that has everything needed except a quarterback, if you want to go get Kellen Mond, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. I think that he can do enough to keep a team afloat, but we've watched this happen time and time again, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, I think Matt Ryan is a fabulous quarterback, but I also think that a lot of people do not give enough credit to how well the offensive line played in his MVP season, how well his receivers have been throughout his entire career. I don't think enough people are looking at that side of things. If you have those pieces, Kalamon's going to be great in your system. If you don't, he's going to flat out be rough his first few years, and then you have to decide, do I want to keep with this kid and hope that his ceiling hits? Or do I want to move off of him and start fresh? I think that does a really good job of setting the expectations appropriately for the type of quarterback that Mond is in this draft. And I want to thank Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies for joining us on the podcast today. We are going to continue our conversation with Cole Thompson tomorrow on the podcast because he also covers the University of Texas and the Chicago Bears hired the University of Texas head coach Tom Herman as a Bears offensive analyst. So we are going to break down what Tom Herman's offense was like at Texas, what happened at Texas, and why they fired him even after multiple consecutive winning seasons, and some of what we can expect with him as an offensive analyst for the Chicago Bears, as well as the Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger in the NFL draft. We'll get a little bit of a sense of what he looks like trying to project to the next level. So make sure you come back for that tomorrow and make sure that you subscribe to the Lockdown Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We'll keep working our way through NFL draft prospects in the coming days and weeks here on Lockdown Bears. Just going to make sure we've got you all set for the NFL draft get you to know all the different names, at least all the top names 
that you need to be aware of. We can't go through every single prospect in the draft, but at least some of the big guns that could be on the board for the Bears at 20, as well as some of the different quarterback options throughout the draft that could be their at least long-term option beyond the veterans that are already under contract. So I hope you're learning a little something along the way. I hope it's helping you get in that NFL draft mindset. And I hope more than anything, the podcast helps you bear down.